0: Welcome again to lexcity.tv. This is our new normal. Maybe your family got to argue all the way to the couch today or maybe you logged on 10 minutes late per usual. Or maybe you're like my family and you just woke up your teenager five minutes before church started. Either way, we're just glad you're here with us today. If you are new to our church or would like more information on digital groups, you can join throughout the week, open up your favorite browser and head over to lexcity.info. There you can click on join a group online for more information. As a church family, you are so generous in every way. Many of you stepped up to financially support our local outreach and help us be for Lexington. We're working with the city and other churches to provide relief and support to those most affected by social distancing during this next few months. Here are three ways you can get involved right now. Number one, follow. Make sure you follow at Church for daily updates and encouragement. Number two, sign up for our for Lexington response team. We're not sure of every need at this time, but if you wanna be one of the first we call, join our response team now. Head to lexity.info and click on For Lexington Response Team. And number three, give. Through your generosity, we are able to continue the ministries here at lexity.tv as well as be an important resource for our city during this season. Go to lexity.info and click on the word give, type in your email and some simple information, and you too can easily help support the ministries of our church. Feel free to reach out to us at 859-287-4687 if you have any questions about giving and how to make the most of your generosity during this season. Thank you again for being the church and for being for Lexington. Today, Pastor Ryan will be continuing our series in 2 Peter right here on Lexity.tv.
1: Well, welcome to week two of our new reality. You know, last Sunday was amazing. We had over 2,000 devices that were connected to our services, and many of you were like me. You didn't watch in isolation, so the number of folks that were connecting with Lex City was so encouraging. So grateful to you. Our giving was strong last Sunday, and so I just want to say as your pastor, thanks for connecting. Thank you for supporting during this new season where I think really God is doing something new. You know, the COVID-19 didn't surprise God. This didn't come out of the blue. This, again, passed through his sovereign hands of God's plan for mankind. And I believe we're gonna look in the months to come and see that God has used this to awaken the church in a new and a fresh way. And, And that shouldn't surprise us. From the beginning of time, you look from Genesis all the way till now, God has leveraged crisis in mankind in order to fulfill his plan. And you may say, well, what is God's plan? Well, we're going to see it today in, in 2 Peter chapter 3. God's going to remind us again what his plan is for mankind, why he has chosen not to just return, save us, bring us to heaven, a place with no pain, no war, no viruses. We're going to see why God, out of his loving care for us, has chosen to be patient and await for the appointed time. So that's where we're gonna be heading this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would, turn me the book of 2 Peter chapter three. If you've got your devices, again, log on to lexcity.info. And just wanna encourage you all throughout this time, that's the place to find the information, to stay the most connected with us. Again, at lexcity.info. You know, this week, my house was probably like yours. I spent more time at home than I normally do. In fact, Tammy, their business, asked everybody to go home and work from home, and that was all working great, until all of a sudden we had some problems with this thing. The, the internet started to, uh, to work a little sketchy. All of a sudden it was getting slow, devices were getting dropped, and it just wasn't as smooth and as synced as I wanted it to be. And so I needed to do a hard reboot on this router to get it back. So I unplug it and I wait for 10 seconds. One Mississippi, two, I get all the way to 10. I I plug it back in. And you know what happened? The beautiful thing is when it was refreshed, these connections were now faster. The connections were stronger. Listen, sometimes we have to disconnect in order to connect in a better way. And I think that's the impact of a hard boot at home with our routers and I think also today. Can I propose to you today that I think we're in a season of a hard reboot. As a church, we're having to reboot and think differently about how we're going to connect, how we're going to encourage one another, how we're gonna to continue to live on mission at times like this. You know, as a family, you're, you're about to spend more time together in the confinements of your home than probably you have ever experienced in your life. It's a chance to, to reboot To reboot some of your family dynamics, to reboot some of your schedules. And as parents, can I just encourage you? I want to challenge you to figure out ways that you can spend some significant time together on a regular basis. Make some cookies. Bake some pies, take them to your neighbors. Do some arts and crafts. Take the dog on a walk together. Play some board games, whatever that may be. Tammy and I picked up Yahtzee for the first time in years, but just a chance to do something together. Parents, create some memories that your children will remember for years to come. My challenge is just to leverage this time. You know, for couples... And let's just be honest, some of you are at a difficult season in your relationship and and the thought of spending extended time together in a confined area is a little scary at moments. Can I just encourage you, this is a chance to unplug and reboot. For the next few weeks, you have the chance to, to unplug and reconnect as a couple. I just want to encourage you, leverage these moments. Don't waste it where there's relational tension, just be the one who makes the first move and leverage these moments that you have together. Because I think what makes this COVID-19, I think so difficult to understand is really this, it's the unknown, right? How long will this last? Will the quarantines get greater or will they be more restrictive as time goes on? And I'm not smart enough to know or to figure all this out, but I am learning this. I really do need to change some of my expectations and my ways of thinking. So I'm beginning to approach this like when I lived in Minnesota. I'm no longer looking at this like a snowstorm where if I can just hunker down for two days, then all of a sudden the sun will come out and we'll go out and play in a couple days. Like everything is great. I'm rethinking about this as the start of a long winter season. So, Get the fire going, you know, grab some popcorn, get the board games ready and settle in for the time. And my encouragement as I think about leveraging differently is just to be able to think about this. How can we intentionally use this season and not just these days? How do we have a long term plan that really leverages the moments and opportunities we have? You know, Second Peter chapter three, I love the chapter, it reminds us again that that God is leveraging this season for his purpose. And we'll see today that this purpose flows out of, of his very character, his love and his concern for us. And let me personalize it. It's his love and his concern for you that God is working in his purposes. So let's look this morning. Second Peter chapter 3, verses eight to 10. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises as some think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Powerful. Strong verse. Let me give us today two things that I think we learn about the character of God. So God reveals his character in a time of reboot in two things. Number one is simply this, that God is patient. That God is patient. Look at verse eight. You must not forget this one thing, dear friends, and it's what I love. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. That God's timing, I'm reminded over and over, is not like ours. We think in terms of hours and days and minutes and God is in time and yet God is above time. This idea that a thousand years and the concept of eternity to the Lord is like a day. Now some of you moms may be saying, listen, have Jesus come spend 24 hours with my kids. It will feel like a 1,000 years. I understand in the context of home it may be that way, but it's only 24 hours that we have. So for 2,000 years, we see all the way back from 2 Peter, the church has been waiting for the return of the Lord. And at times it feels like God has forgotten his promises, Right? God is distant. God is not remembering the things, but listen, in light of eternity, to 2,000 years has been perspective, the Bible says, like two days to the Lord. The Lord will return on the exact day determined in eternity past. And so Peter in Second Peter chapter three, is reminding the church, and at the moment of the context of this, the church is being persecuted. The church is being scattered. The church is in the midst of some big crisis and challenges that are before it, far greater than the ones that we are facing today. And Peter says to the church, listen, I want to remind you, do not lose hope that the Lord has not forgotten, that God is patiently waiting for a reason. He has a purpose. Chapter 2 has dealt with this whole issue of false teachers that were rising up in the church. And it's interesting what the false teachers are pushing back on the God. Here's what he's saying to them. The false teachers in chapter two are saying to the people, listen, God has forgotten you. If God truly loved you, God would rescue you from the persecution that you're facing. It's the same thing that Jesus felt. Think about when Jesus was on the cross, what were the things that the scoffers cried and yelled out to him? Listen, if you truly are the son of God, what call down the angels that they could end this thing? And remove your suffering and remove your pain. And we see again that God is patiently waiting. Why? Because he has a greater purpose. Go back to verse nine with me. And it says this. The Lord isn't really being slow about this promise. He hasn't forgotten as some people think. This was chapter two. No, here's the key. He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. But he wants everyone to repent. Here's the key. He's being patient For your sake. Brings us to the second point is this, that God is compassionate. God is patient. And number two, that God is compassionate. The Lord is waiting to return because of his love for you. And his love, this is what I love about what Peter says, his love is so great that he desires that no one would perish. So he patiently awaits, but let us not be confused. And not live in naivety because the day will come when the waiting is over. And I love that word patient. In the original, it's a compound phrase. It combines two words. The first word means is large. And then the second phrase is great anger. And here's what Peter's saying. Don't miss this. That God has a vast capacity to store up anger and wrath before it spills over in the judgment. God is patient. Not because it's no big deal to him. God is patient because of his love for you. And his love for you to be saved. But his patience has an appointed day. And when that day comes, his patience will end and his judgment will be fulfilled. Look at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with terrible noise. And the very elements themselves will disappear in fire. And the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Judgment. Because the Bible says the Lord will return, what, like a thief at the night. It will be unexpected. It will be in a moment we didn't think it was coming. And so in light of that, listen, friends, I can guarantee you only this. I can guarantee you this moment and this time. That's why the Bible says, boy, the, the day of salvation is at hand. It's today. And so many times I hear people say, listen, I'll think about God later on in life. I'm too busy to deal with it now. Well, friends, can I remind you, your life just came to a halting stop. Your mortality is put before your very eyes every day as you turn on the news. Listen, God is patient, but he's tugging at your heart. He's calling you to a point of repentance. And I love that word repentance because it's such a powerful word. The, The word repent means to turn and to go in an opposite direction. You've been self-sustained and you've been thinking you can handle this all on your own. The Bible says, repent and turn and acknowledge your need and your dependence on the Lord. You know, the COVID-19 reminds us again how vividly every single day, how little control we truly have. I mean, we, we think we're in control of our lives and then moments like this, remind us a virus that started on the other side of the world has impacted you so much that you can't even get toilet paper at Walmart. I wanna remind you, you're not in control. You're not in control of your daily life and you're not in control of your eternal destiny. We, we try to feel like we're in control, hoping that we have enough good to outweigh the bad. If we put it on the scales of justice that our goodness would always outweigh our badness. But listen, every time that happens, can I remind you, you lose every time. The Bible reminds us that the one thing that every one of us has in common who's watching today is we are sinners. And as sinners, our sin overcomes the things that we try to do. The Bible gives us the great answer to that. 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says this, If we claim to have no sin, we are already fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Second part, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Let's go back to this first part. This is what I was talking about, this idea of being self-reliant. If we claim that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves, and here's the key, and not living in the truth. God waited and is waiting over 2,000 years to return that what? That you might understand that truth in your own life. The truth that you are a sinner in need of the forgiveness of God. The truth of being coming to a point in our life to be willing to acknowledge that, God, I need to hand over control of my life to you. God, I need you to be my Lord and my Savior. How do we do that? Let's go back to verse nine. It gives us the key. Verse nine says this. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, I love this, from all wickedness. If we will confess our sins to him, I am so amazed about who God is. The fact that God says that he will not only forgive us, but he'll restore us, if what? If we will simply in humility confess our sins to him. You know, I'm so glad that God waited over 2,000 years to reveal this truth to me, that I could come to a point in my life of acknowledging my sinfulness and my need of a savior. I'm so grateful that God has been patiently waiting over 2,000 years for you, for this moment, for you to have the opportunity to acknowledge your need for Jesus in your life. So today, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, I wanna give you that opportunity. Just a moment here, I wanna lead you in a prayer. It's, it's not a magical prayer, it's not the words that save you, it's the attitude of your heart that simply say, God, I, I wanna acknowledge that I need you to take control of my life. God, I, I need you to... Forgive me for my sins. It's that being drawn to this idea of repentance. And I need you to come into my life. And so this morning, just wherever you are, wherever you're watching, if you would, just bow your heads with me today. And if you've never prayed that prayer, if you feel the Lord tugging on your heart saying, today is the day of salvation, I wanna invite you to just repeat these words after me in the quietness of your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize that I'm a sinner and I realize that my sin has separated me from you. But Father, I thank you that you love me enough, that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross and to pay the penalty for my sins. And so Lord, today I'm placing my faith and my trust in you alone for the forgiveness of my sins and for the free gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know today, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we are so excited. Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice when one of us places our faith in Christ and as a church family. we rejoice with you this morning. We'd love to come alongside you, help support you, help you take your next steps in your faith journey. And so if you would, right underneath, right here, you'll see just a link where you can click on there that say uh, said I prayed. Or if you're in a conversation post on one of our social medias, feel free to just make a note there that you prayed. We'd love to send you some information on ways that you can grow and take the next step in your faith journey. But what an exciting day in the midst of all of this that God has leveraged at this moment, especially just for you. You know, for many of us, uh, we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ years ago, but it's moments like this that bring purpose to the struggles and the pain of everyday life, right? It's the joy of these moments when we get to experience, as followers of Christ, seeing people pass from death into life. It brings a joy and a meaning that's there, even in the midst of challenges and struggles. You know, since Acts chapter 2, it's been the church It's been the power of the church that has stood in the gap in the times of crisis and struggle. It's been the church when the world needed a helping hand, a cold cup of water, or the promise of the gospel. It has been the church who has shown up in new and amazing ways. What we face today is nothing new and nothing unique. I'm reminded it was the the fall of 1854 and Charles Spurgeon has just arrived at New Park Street Chapel in London. And within a few months of his new pastorate in this new church, the cholera outbreak hits London. And right across the river from him in Broad Street neighborhoods, the cholera outbreak has now taken, at the end of it, 616 lives. But it's in the midst of this crisis that Spurgeon realizes that ministry and the church needs to hit a reboot and think differently how they're gonna interact with the crisis that's here. And so as we take a few moments here at the close today, I wanted to take some time and learn from our brothers and sisters in Christ who have walked through challenges like this in the past and seen God use them in an amazing way for the sake of the gospel. I wanna learn from them this morning. If you're not familiar with who Charles Spurgeon is, let me just give you a little bit of history. He was known as the Prince of Preachers. He preached to over tens of thousands of people in some of the biggest halls in all of London. And his church at the end of his ministry had a seating capacity of 5,600 people. So what I wanna just remind you about Spurgeon is this. He was a big deal in that time. His fame and notoriety was widely spread. He had many opportunities to speak. But here's the first lesson that we find. Spurgeon was a prolific writer, and many of his sermons were written down, and many of his thoughts about life and ministry were written down, and so I want to read some of those today that we might learn, but here's what he said about the ministry in London. He wrote this. He says, during that epidemic of cholera, though I had many engagements in the country, I gave them up that I might remain in London to visit the sick and the dying. I felt that it was my duty to be on the spot in such a time of disease and death and sorrow. This is the moment, what we learn, a time for the local church to be present, to remain, and to be vigilant and be available. You know, our ministry at this moment is right here, right now where God has planted us to be. And, you know, I have the privilege, uh, we're on a weekly conference call with pastors all around our city as we get together to decide how do we handle these and navigate these unknown waters? How can we pray for each other? I, I just wanna encourage you, you would be so proud of the Big C Church in Lexington. It's such a joy to be able to get together with these group of ministers and denominations and agendas are all put on the side and we're able to focus on how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus. There are relational reboots that are happening in the context of our city that I believe will last long beyond the COVID-19 crisis that we're in today. I'm so excited, and you heard a little bit about it earlier, about our 4 Lexington response team. Listen, when our city and our strategic partners call us and say these are the tangible needs that we have, it's going to be such a joy to be able to respond with what is really needed in a timely fashion that's there. Last week, uh, Pastor Dave was out visiting one of our local partnerships, and uh, he was out at the Lighthouse Ministry, which feeds the homeless here in Lexington. And while he stops by, he happens to walk by the kitchen. And listen, I want to take a moment just to brag on some of our very own. As he walks by the kitchen at the Lighthouse Ministry, he looks in, and who does he see but our very own David Deal. David, being the hands and feet of Jesus to this ministry, fixing and working on their kitchen in such a... profound way. Can I just say to you as a church, listen, I'm so proud of you. I'm so thankful for your heart, for this city and what you're doing. And these are times you can be proud of your church for the glory of God. You can be proud of the people in our church who are serving in ways that you would never know, but we're so grateful for that. Well, during this time of crisis and during this time, I want to let you know, we're going to be intentionally focusing on our community. So again, sign up for Lexington Response Team, sign up and be a part of this movement. Join this movement of kindness because here's what we know, that kindness creates a fertile soil for the gospel. The kindness that we're gonna be able to respond to the ministries around our community are gonna create fertile soil for the gospel in weeks in months and years to come. And so be a part of that. You know, when this outbreak hit the streets of London, Many parts of the city were quarantined. I think we can relate to what that felt like. It's an interesting time during the quarantine when these things are going on. It's an interesting time that there is not a single sermon recorded that Spurgeon preached during that time. What makes this amazing is they've recorded over 3,600 of Spurgeon's sermons, but none were during the outbreak that happened. Here's what we're reminded. Priorities change during seasons of reboot and what becomes important. And even though that priority changed, this is what was a great observation, which I think is gonna be so encouraging to us and bring us hope and bring us purpose. Here's what Spurgeon said. He said, the Londoners became very receptive to the gospel. And these are Spurgeon's words. If there ever be a time when the mind is sensitive, it is when death is abroad. I recollect when I first came to London how anxiously people listened to the gospel for the cholera was raging terribly. There was little scoffing amidst the sickness. These visits, Spurgeon's prayed with the sick and grieving, pointed them to the hope of the gospel, but more than just bringing gospel content, his present communicated something of God's comfort to his people. Though these visits were often fearful and full of grief, there was also a glorious occasion of faith and joy. And Spurgeon shares this story where he received a phone call at three in the morning and it was to go and visit a dying man. And so Spurgeon gets up at three in the morning. What makes this so remarkable is Spurgeon was aware of who this man was. This was a man that had been antagonistic to him. This is a man who had called him a hypocrite in public. But Spurgeon gets up and goes to this man. And unfortunately, by the time that he arrives to this man, he's, he's not responsive, he's near death And I love that he's willing to share this story because even though it didn't have the happy ending where Spurgeon got a chance to lead this man to Christ on his deathbed, I think it illustrates so powerfully the importance of this. There is an openness, even in the hardest of hearts during a time of crisis, that these are fertile days for the gospel your coworkers, your neighbors, or maybe even family members whose hearts have been hardened to the things of God, all of a sudden, I think you will experience a new and a powerful receptivity because God is doing something new even during the scare of today. Well, London survives the cholera outbreak, but it's interesting, 12 years later, another outbreak comes in 1866. So Spurgeon, who has ministered through this kind of outbreak once before, then gives a charge to pastors and to the church and followers of Jesus. And these are the words for you and I that Spurgeon spoke. He said this, And now again is the minister's time, and now is the time for all who love souls. You may see men more alarmed than they are already, and if they should be, be mindful that you avail yourselves to the opportunity to do good to them. You have the balm of Gilead, when their wounds smart poured on. You know of him who died to save, says tell them of him. Lift high the cross before their eyes. Tell them that God became man, that man might be lifted to God. Tell them of Calvary and its groans and its cries and the sweat of blood. Tell them of Jesus hanging on the cross to save sinners. Tell them that there is life for a look at the crucified one. Tell them that he is able to save to the uttermost all them that come unto God by him. Tell them that he is able to save even at the 11th hour and to say to the dying thief, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And you know, that's why 2 Peter chapter three says, God has not returned yet for that truth. Look at verse nine again. The Lord isn't being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Church, these are the days for the church to be the church like never before. These are important, significant impact days that God has placed us here for such a time as this. So, how do we need to think about this? Today, if you've made that decision to place your faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time, again, we're so excited. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to answer questions and help you to take your next step in your spiritual journey. Again, one of the best ways to do that is to go to lexcity.info. If you slide down there, there's a little tab entitled I Prayed. We'd love to connect with you there. Or maybe you're here today and and you're not really at that point of decision, but you just have questions about faith and who God is and how this all affects your life. As a staff, we'd love to answer any questions you have and support you in any way we can. And so again, just go to lexcity.info. Click down there, send us any questions that you have. As a church, let's just continue to do the things that we know we should do in these moments. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to stay connected. Continue to support the ministries here. Continue to leverage this time with your loved ones in a new and a special way let's be prepared for when the city calls and has requests that we will be able to unleash on them a wave of kindness like they have never experienced. Because it's at times like this, I'm reminded the church is not what we do, the church is who we are. So let's be the church for such a time as this. Let's pray together. Father, at times like this, we are reminded that you have a greater purpose God, there is a purpose that you wait with patience and that purpose is that many, that men and women and boys and girls may come to a saving knowledge of you. So Father, we rejoice today with those who have made that decision for the very first time because we know that thrills your heart. But God, as in moments like this, we know these are times that you have called the church to step in the gap, to offer a helping hand, to offer that cold cup of water, to offer the gospel and a hope that goes beyond the circumstances. And so, Lord, today, may we be reminded that you have placed us here for such a time as this. So as you provide opportunity, Lord, we wanna respond in ways that we can. Continue today to pray for our country. We pray for our leadership locally. We pray for our leadership nationally. Ask that you will give them wisdom and discernment as they lead us during these unknown days. God, we ask for those that are sick and those that are hurting. We ask for just your hand of not only protection, but healing. God, we ask that you will divinely and providentially bring people in their lives for these moments who can speak of a hope that's far greater than just a recovery from a virus. God, in these days to come, help us to be the church that you've called us to be. And we'll thank you for that. In your name we pray, amen.
2: hey friends i'm tyrone care coordinator here at lex city church if you just prayed with pastor brian to follow jesus christ today please click the i prayed button below or go to lexcity.info we would love to send you some info on how you can begin to follow jesus and get connected here at lex city church congratulations again you've just made the best decision of your entire life kid city kids before and after service today, our Kids City team will be streaming church just for you, so don't go anywhere. Students, make sure you follow at Lex City Youth to access the weekly Wednesday live stream complete with games, prizes, and age based virtual groups. Finally, friends, we're so glad you joined us today. Continue to build positive, encouraging community on our social media at Lex City Church, and head on over to LexCity.info to join a new online group. We love you, we are here for you, and we can't wait to see you again soon. We are stronger together.